0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hi,
1: Brittany. So today I want to talk about environmentalism, which I think for a lot of people in our space uh, actually kind of raises a bunch of red flags. For me personally, if yeah. I meet someone and the first thing they tell me is like I'm an environmentalist, I just think, oh dear, here we go again. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be yelled at for using a straw. I'm gonna be yelled at for using my <laughs> bag and i'm just like ugh, i can't handle it but one thing i think we do not so great of a job at in in our space is remembering that there is a place for protecting the environment without government force because i think so much we think of it as government force right in in dc i can't get straws when i go out to eat and i don't love that <laughs> oh yeah
0: that's how it was in los angeles too
1: It's silly. And the paper straws, you guys, I can't even tell you how much I dislike. They disintegrate in your mouth like you're drinking. And by the end of it, you're like, where did my straw go?
0: (laughs) Someone really needs to innovate and come up with like a better alternative disposable straw than paper. Oh, so really I think this
1: isn't one of the things we're gonna talk about today, but I think a kid did. I tried to find the story. <laughs> oh, so really we'll yeah, but I couldn't find it. So maybe I'll I like to, sometimes I like to give our listeners some homework assignments. So maybe I'll ask you guys to do that at the end of the show. But so so yeah, I think it's hard for us to remember that there is a place for this because so much, mon- so many times environmentalism gets lumped into like the social justice warriors and people that sometimes we don't agree with. So I want to talk about a little bit about environmentalism, but especially like what kids can do. But I want to start off by talking about something that's going on in the world today. And it's funny. This started maybe, what, a month or two ago, Ronnie, I think. And I was Googling, right? It was about a month or two ago.
0: Yeah. I feel like, yeah, the past few weeks, something like that. Few,
1: yeah, it's been, I think it's been
0: longer than a month, Maybe but I Googled it
1: because I Googled it and I was like, oh, there's no way this is still going on. I'm like, oh, it's just escalated. So what happened is right now in uh, the Netherlands, I almost called it – I always forget because it's like the Dutch. Wait, where do they live? In the Netherlands, <laughs> Dutch farmers have been protesting against their government um, and it's pretty egregious. It's pretty outrageous, I should say, what what's happening. So a lot of governments are trying to, what they call, you know, reduce their carbon footprint, meaning they want to reduce pollution and they're they're trying to do their part, you know, to, to help the world um, tackle, you know, protect the environment. The problem is what do governments do best? They do things by force. They don't know how to encourage good ideas. All they know how to do is to force. Mm-hmm. So when uh, the Dutch government decided they were going to reach these really lofty, as they call them, really high-reaching goals. They think they were going to try to cut their carbon emissions by like 50% in the next couple of years, but they're falling behind on their goals. So they're thinking to themselves, okay, how can we reach this goal in enough time? Oh, well, we'll look to the farmers and we'll tell the farmers that they have to and get this, kill some of their livestock, their animals, and they have to stop using some of their fertilizer that we think is bad for the environment. Now, the cow thing is so outrageous that, like, I almost can't say it without laughing because the reason that what they want to get rid of cows is that cows emit gas. And, yes, it is <laughs> probably the gas you're thinking of. And I realize that's silly. Get your giggles out. <laughs> but um, that that is actually emitting pollutants, according to the government, that we need to, you know, get rid of. But it's funny that that's the one they want to get rid of first. That's, like, baffling to me because, of course, we need farms and we need farmers and we need animals to eat And right now with supply chain issues and, you know, economic problems, threatening a food supply to me, Ronnie, doesn't sound like a great idea. (laughs) So that's been crazy to watch. So their suggestion – not suggestion, their law – was that basically they said, all right, farmers, you." I think it was 30%. You have to kill 30% of your livestock. Well, they said get rid of it, but how do you think they're okay. going to get rid yeah. of it? They're, you're going to have to kill them. So if you have 100 cows, Ronnie, that means that the, the Dutch government is saying you have to kill 30 of them, which is just horrific. And if you have this fertilizer, you have to stop using it because we think that's bad for the environment. Well, this is crazy for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, you should never tell somebody what they can do. Two... Farmers get their livelihood by selling their livestock and their crops to other people who then feed their family with what they buy, right? It's this beautiful circle of life, so to speak, where the farmers raise the food and the animals and then they sell them to the people who trade them, you know, money and then everybody's happy. Well, that really can't happen if the government is telling you you have to get rid of what you're doing. So naturally, the farmers weren't just like, oh, this is a great idea. Yeah, this sounds great. Let's go, you know, kill our animals. No. They were not happy about this, and they started protesting the government and saying, no, this is not fair. You know, th- it's like the trucker convoys almost that happened a couple months ago here. Actually, yeah. I think they're still going on here. But um, so this has just been really, really terrible, and the government has not been listening to them either. They haven't been like, all right, let's sit down and, and talk about what you have to say. They've been using violence against them. And Ronnie, I don't know if you have anything to add about this. It's been kind of a crazy situation. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think the problem always is, as you know, the whole uh, government just wants to force and find a solution, but. When there's no conversation with the farmers or with the people who are actually uh, in that circumstance, they don't, the government or whoever's coming up with these policies, they don't understand the details of the day to day life. They don't understand the ramifications. It's like with COVID policies, right? It's just, oh, we're going to throw out this policy without actually thinking it all the way through. And so I think that is one of the huge issues here is that, so, um, the, you know, the Netherlands, their government, whoever is the person who decided, oh, I have a great idea to cut carbon emissions. We're just going to not let farmers have as many cows. They probably on the surface thought, oh, that's a great idea. But because they didn't actually talk to the, the farmers and think these things through and look at all the details of it, their policies are totally inefficient. I wish that there was more conversation going on. I wish that instead of telling the farmers what they have to do so that the farmers feel the need to then protest, that there was a, hey, let's all sit down and understand how does it work on your farm? Um, I actually have, so my sister and my brother-in-law, they live in Texas and they're cattle ranchers. So I've had a a few years back, I sat down and had a whole conversation because I didn't really understand how the beef industry worked. Uh, I didn't understand, you know, how do you raise cattle? How, where, when do you take them to the processing plants? I didn't understand any of it. And it was a really enlightening conversation for me because I understood so many more of the details of the interplay of how it all worked and it was such a great conversation and so now anytime I hear people talking about something like this like the Dutch farmers it makes me think about like uh, the, the families uh, the farmers themselves and It is not just as simple as, oh, kill off a third of your cows, stop using this fertilizer. There's so many more things that have to be changed. And so if lasting change wants to be made, you know, if they really want to cut carbon emissions, you have to find a better way. And, you know, that's I guess that's too difficult, right, (laughs) to actually find a better way.
1: Yes, but it is a perfect transition into the uplifting part of this episode. Oh, yes, I'm glad. Okay. Like, That's not all doom and gloom. So you mentioned, you know, better finding a better way, and government is not good at doing that ever, right? But there's a lot of kids that are doing really or coming up with some really good ideas to this and they're doing it without government force. So I wanted to talk about that today. And honestly, there are so many examples of free market solutions to environmental problems, but I wanted to mm-hmm. focus on kids like our listeners because I think you guys are amazing and I think you guys can think of things that, you know, some of us older people couldn't even fathom or think of. So first I want to start with there's these these 10 kids in California and they're working to reduce styrofoam's impact on the environment. And styrofoam has always been a big enemy of environmentalists because it takes, I think it's something like, it's like thousands of years to biodegrade. Mm-hmm. And biodegrade is when something goes back into the earth. Um, and so it's styrofoam's just, it takes a long, long time to do that. So these kids were like, this is a problem. What are we going to do? Instead of saying, oh, let's write a letter to government and like because I feel like a lot of public school classes, that's what they do, right? Like yeah. let's write a letter to your government and say, stop doing this or make a law for somebody. <laughs> so instead the
0: solve it. Yes,
1: exactly. That's that's how we solve problems. And they are not good at solving them. So they, these kids, amazing kids, created a machine called, I'm gonna butcher this name, but it's the polystreninator or okay. something. I'll put the link in the show notes. But this turns styrofoam. This is so crazy to me. It turns styrofoam into plastic waste that's easier to biodegrade. Oh, so they're awesome. take yeah right. They're taking this harmful thing and they're finding a way to make it, uh, you know, make it uh, biodegrade faster so that you can actually get rid of it. It's not just staying here on the planet. So their idea actually won them. They became semifinalists in this. It's called First Lego League Global Innovation Award. Mm-hmm. It's like a science fair, but it's like a like a crazy advanced science fair this this is like where kids go like when I did a science fair I remember I was like what mouthwash works works the best <laughs> and I like I don't know I like put eggs in different like things and try I don't even know uh. what the point is but for some reason I got an A I don't even know so <laughs> this is much different this is kids actually finding real world solutions to these crazy problems so I think that is just so cool so the next one I think these were I think these were kids from Florida They were um, concerned after lunch one day because they were noticing how many like chip bags, like Dorito bags, those kind of chips, how many of those bags were just laying all over the ground and in the trash. And the thing that concerned these kids is they had at their school a trash can, a recycling bin, and a compost bin, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. You don't see that a lot. So compost, for anyone that doesn't know, compost is when you take all these different kinds of food and some waste. There's some waste that you can do it with. And you put it in like – this really, you put it in a pile or like a bucket, and it's very smelly because when things biodegrade and break down, it smells very bad. But it doesn't have
0: to always smell, actually. Really, I have a compost bed? It just depends on if you keep the balance of materials at a, the right oh, level. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> but this is really cool because the compost
1: turns into fertilizer. So how beautiful is it that all this like seeming garbage, you know, seemingly just garbage and waste, can actually end up growing something? So I think the whole concept of compost is actually yeah. kind of. Beautiful little circle of life thing. But yeah. so this school had one of these bins, but nobody was using any of the bins correctly. And I'll be honest, I am one of those people that sometimes just like <laughs> throw something in wherever. I feel bad, but I do that. So they investigated and they found that most people just honestly didn't even know what bin to put it in. That's why, because they're like, okay, I have three bins. I don't know what to do with this. So they created a robot, um, a Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi is kind of mm-hmm. like a It teaches kids how to, like, make computer – and adults – computer programs and and learn how to, like, kind of build robots. It's really cool. So they created this thing that takes a picture. Like, you scan your piece of trash, and then it tells you what bin to use.
0: That's awesome.
1: Right? I thought that was really cool. So I thought that was fun. And this next one is called the Chipsulation. This is the um, – yeah. So – you know what you guys I reversed the last two stories so the first one was same one but it was oh, any God, okay, it was any bag. garbage <laughs> yep, yep it was any garbage not just the chip bags so this one a group of 7th and 8th graders they were the ones that were concerned about how many chip bags were in the trash after lunch and the problem with this is chip bags can't really be recycled because they have a material in them that makes it very difficult to break down so you have really no choice but to throw them away but the students were like huh there's so many trash or chip bags in here I wonder if there's something better we can do so the students Students researched it and they found out that this material that's found in the chip bags is actually perfect for insulation. And insulation, in case anybody doesn't know, that's what's in your house that keeps it like warm in the winter so the heat doesn't, when you turn the heater on, it doesn't escape. And it's what keeps it cool in the summer, what keeps the air conditioning in. So insulation is very, very important. And it can be a little pricey, but this chipsulation, as they called it, it's actually more effective, it's better as an insulator and cheaper than other things on the market today. And this is by kids that might even be older than than a lot of our listeners. So I mm-hmm. thought that was just so cool because you you hear of people. I know that when I was in 7th or 8th grade, I I told you though I don't like math in an earlier episode, <laughs> Ronnie. So that was not something that I spent my spare time doing is trying to find ways to to uh turn waste into insulation. <laughs> But I just think it's so cool that one, these kids aren't just saying, let's let the government figure it out, that they're doing something. And they're not even saying, let's wait till we're older.
0: They're just yeah. doing
1: it. I they're love not, it. right? And I think we call this uh, one of my favorite terms in the world is permissionless innovation. And that is okay. when you don't ask, you just do it, you just start innovating. And I've mm-hmm. always really loved that. So, uh, Ronnie, I don't know if you have anything to add as we're about to wrap up here.
0: Uh, Just that I think that's amazing, and I think that uh, some of our listeners really need to create some new straws that are um, not plastic, but not paper either. And not the – I don't
1: like the reusable
0: ones. I don't like the uh, steel really? ones. I, the like, steel ones, no, I don't like. I The silicone ones I like. Those are fine, but I don't like the steel ones either.
1: They're just – I don't know. I don't like them. So that's your homework assignment. No pressure, <laughs> listeners, to go create a new straw that Ronnie and I both like. But seriously, again, we want to hear from you. So tell us about some things you want to do that you can invent or, or projects you're working on. I would love to hear about it. We both would. So don't forget, guys, to subscribe to our podcast and share it with all your friends. And again, uh, write into us. uh, You know, go on your parents' Facebook and ask their permission and and give us some ideas for episodes. We'd love to hear from you. So we will wrap up there, and we will talk to you next time.
0: Bye. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.